everybody, welcome to Rumors versus Facts, the Georgia recruiting show where we try to wade through all the bullcrap rumors that are out there and hit you with some actual facts. And I have a team of recruiting experts here who can help uh, weed out the uh, smoke from the fire and the smoke from the fog. And just uh, remember, at this time of year, there are a lot of people who are just professional trolls. They like to throw out information because they love to i mean some men just want to watch the world burn so they throw it out there and people believe it and they jump all over it and it's nuts and you don't need to because there's enough crazy crap happening uh in real life that you don't need to follow every uh, wild rumor that is out there uh on the show tonight we've got uh jed may lance curly and of course trent smallwood uh three recruiting experts i'm just here to basically run the show. That's all I do. If you have questions and comments, please uh, uh, mention them there. And if you would follow us, we're getting really close to hitting 42,000. We're just like 150 subscribers away. And I really like to hit that. The start, start of the season at 36 and to hit 42,000 would be awesome. Uh, thanks to Jermaine, Andy, and uh, Greg for being on here. I appreciate that. Uh, guys, uh, we did have a show last week. We're doing stuff. Uh, you guys were actually covering the uh, state championship games in Mercedes-Benz Dome. You did a great job. Uh, I guess we could have been talking about it uh, earlier. Um, the whole Dylan Raiola fiasco he, t earlier today, he has uh, flipped his commitment from Georgia to Nebraska. Georgia loses out on the number two uh, quarterback or number two player, the number one quarterback in the nation. He's going to Nebraska. Uh, give me your thoughts on it. We'll start with you, Trent. Well, I mean, you know, he's a, he's a Nebraska legacy. I think the, the, the thing that, really shocks people as he moved all the way across the country to play high school football, came to all the home games except for one of Georgia's. So I guess you're looking at about six home games, recruiting nonstop for the University of Georgia, was even in home and had K.J. Bolden's family in home a week uh, before all this happened and recruiting K.J. to Athens. And then all of a sudden, two or three days later, all this pops up and poof, he's gone. So it, it, it was either a little – very last minute ordeal, or this has kind of been in the back of some people's minds for um, a couple weeks. In the minds, I'm talking about Raul family um, making this work out. Um, so I, I think to the public, it all popped up in about 10 days and was just boom. But I think this was a longer deal situation uh, for the Raul family. I think this has been, you know, not necessarily in the works, but being thawed out uh, for, for a much longer than 10 days. Yeah, Jed, how'd this happen? Well, you know, it was it was a almost exactly a week ago at this time that that everyone starts starts texting us and saying, "Hey, w what's going on?" And we started digging into it that Monday night, and it went from there. There's legs to this. To Georgia should be worried. To you know, about Tuesday afternoon, it it, it really seemed like it was, it was it was pretty far down the road. So. Um, you know, as Trent said, Dylan was in Athens about every weekend. He did make a game day visit to Nebraska at some point during the season. It might have been during Georgia's bye week. It might have been Florida week. I can't remember. But, you know, at the time, it's like, okay, well, his uncle's on staff. You don't really think a whole lot of it. You know, Nebraska is it's, – it's a cool place to watch a game no matter what uh, the product on the field is like. So uh, you don't think a whole lot of it at the time. But looking back, you wonder if that's when – uh, things really started percolating a bit as far as getting this flip together. So yeah, he, he took an official this weekend, and um, and it uh, it finally popped today with you know the infamous poem that he's put on social media now, the, the the commitment video where he's in the stadium and the and the locker room. So it was oh, was it, there a video? Very. This wasn't a case of you know 
he he went on an official and he just felt something and decided to pop. This was a a an or, or this was a very choreographed thing as far as getting the video together and all that kind of stuff uh, on the visit. So um, congrats to him. Like Trent said, this this is a family thing. It's it's a big deal for the Riola family. And um, but yeah, from a Georgia perspective, it's uh, it, it's pretty out of left field. For sure. I mean, last Monday night we were all kind of like, "Where is uh, where's this whole thing coming from?" Because, like Trent said, he's been recruiting and and everything for for weeks. So it's out of left field for sure. It kind of shocked me. Uh, Lance, give me your take on it. Real quick. It all happened relatively fast, like kind of Jed said, and it and it happened. Our phones started blowing up. I think in the middle of the first quarter of the the Class A Division two state championship game between Manchester and. Uh, and oh. and and yeah, and um, you know, then then uh, you know, I didn't really think too much of it until I actually sat down and and had a chance to just kind of read everything and kind of take it in, and and then you know, he just and then and then he's in uh, Nebraska on Friday, and you know, today, going well, the last day or so, we we're just kind of waiting on you know when it was going to happen. So, mm-hmm. uh, it, like Jed said, it kind of caught everyone a little bit off guard. And I think that it caught a lot of the players that, that we've talked to, uh, they're committed to Georgia a little off guard as well. So mm-hmm. what was Brett Thornton's post? So he had, he had he, Marvin Jones had to drink a beer. Yeah. And then he also said, uh, he asked if the transfer portal was open when Carson Beck, uh, said he was coming back. <laughs> that's, that's great. <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of never gets to punt with Carson Beck here. I get yeah. it. I get it. That's pretty good. All right. So the Dylan Rayola thing is done. Uh, we when we heard about it, we, we called, got late. We, quick breakdown. Hey, they, they hire an agent. The agent comes to Georgia, asks for more money. Georgia says, uh, here's what here's what we can give you, you know, through the NIL process. Uh they went to Nebraska. Nebraska's giving him a hell of a lot more money. He's got a legacy there. Uh, people go into well, it, was, it had to do with Carson Beck. It didn't have shit to do with Carson Beck. Excuse my language. It had nothing to do with him coming back or going. It wasn't. Uh, he didn't wait until Carson Beck announced to uh, put his, you know, to flip to Georgia. He already had the video made, so this was a done deal. He's getting a heck of a lot more money to go to Nebraska. That, that's all it is. I mean, you you can look at depth charts, you can look at locations, you can look at all that. He didn't come to Buford, you know, and play behind that suspect offensive line, and get the hell beat out of him because he wasn't coming to Georgia. At the last minute, they, they flipped him. Now, let, let's move on. So the Dylan Rayola chapter, the uh, at his com- commitment to Georgia, done. We'll move on. We won't talk about him again. But my, my question to you guys is, is there somebody in Georgia's current recruiting class that another school can come to and say, hey, here's a giant wad of money. Why don't you come to our school? Or is there a school that Georgia could go to and say, hey, you've been committed to this school for you know a whole year. Here's a giant wad of money. Come to Georgia. So, whereas I think Kirby for the last few years took all the drama pretty much out of signing day, to me the drama now is when do we get to send out the tweet that says X is now officially a dog? You know, Y is now officially Georgia Bulldog. To me, the drama of signing day was kind of on the wane, but now it's like, okay, nobody can come in at the last second and flip one of these kids with a giant pile of cash. Is there some? Are there some names we should be worried about? Or are there, are there some names we should be watching? I mean, so go ahead, Trent. 
Oh, okay. Uh, there, there was about five kids that I was monitoring, and I think three of them are already on campus. Uh, Jaden Riddell, the Texas duo uh, with uh, Justin Williams and JJA. Um, Nate Frazier is a guy who, who, who's got a connection out there. He's, he's running back. Oregon's still coming after him hard. And then Nitro Tuggle, who, who was uh, who's committed to Georgia, did not go on his LSU official visit, which is uh, you know good news, and, and said he'd be signing with Georgia on Wednesday, which is good news. So we will we will monitor those two situations. But if Georgia can um, smooth through those two situations and 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 land land those two guys, I think all all of them will be accounted for and 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 good to go. Well, and, and Trent, like it's funny you say that because I had uh, Greg Smith from our Nebraska site reach out because people on the Nebraska board today were talking about, oh, well, Georgia's class, they're having to fight to keep the class together and, and everything like this. And I was like, well, really, outside of Riola, the, the class is is pretty much, uh, you know, intact. Like Trent said, uh, the Texas guys and Jay Nordell are on campus. <clears throat> Georgia and Georgia looks to be in really good shape to keep Nate Frazier, Nitro Tuggle. And outside of that, it, there's, there's not a whole lot of, of flip risk out there it seems like you know that there's a little bit with ellis robinson for a while with miami coming hard um you know Daniel Nambi- Calhoun's Boko, already enrolled Nambi- yeah. Boko visited notre dame at, at some point during the season but it, it's it's pretty much um under control right now and again there's still 36 hours or whatever till these guys can sign um and like rowdy said you never know until georgia football you know puts out that tweet you know joseph jonah johnny is officially a bulldog whatever um, but yeah, it, it's pretty relatively drama free, I guess you could say. With with thirty, yeah. like, I remember two years ago we were talking about where what's Georgia going to do with Kamari Wilson, and and are these guys going to sign? Is Georgia going to get this guy? And now it's it's pretty much, um, you know, mostly mostly done. I mean, the the one twenty twenty four guy you would look at is Marcellus Barnes. Um, he does, he, does he, he, like, he we get- I mean, that's so there's conflicting reports. I've seen that he is signing Wednesday and publicly committing at the All American Bowl in January. I've seen that he's committing first and signing in February. Um, I'm not 100% sure, but it seems like he's trending towards Syracuse. You know, he was really close with Fran Brown, who is obviously now at Syracuse. He's taken one official visit so far to Syracuse. Um, you know, Georgia hasn't gotten one. Like, you know, he told myself and a couple other reporters a couple weeks ago. Georgia was going to get an official, probably the first one, and he hadn't been on campus uh, yet. So he seems like he's training towards Syracuse. But other than that, the 2024 class is pretty much done, and, and Georgia looks in good position to uh, to keep everybody that's on the commit list right now other than, obviously, Dylan Raiola, who flipped today. Lance, we got a question. We're speaking of the, the, the class and some guys already being on that. I mean, to me, we knew that Justin Williams, as uh, Trent said, was – yeah, well, the ones Texas was coming after him, and uh, I heard man, they're throwing everything at this kid. I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. but he, but he's here. Here's a good question: Is Ellis Robinson already in Athens? Yeah, Ellis Robinson is Athens. He's been he's been spotted um, on campus through uh, you know some channels that I've that I've gotten gotten uh, to know some people, and he's been spotted and. <laughs> so uh, nice way of putting it. And uh, you know, Ryan Pugliese's always is, is already in Athens as well. Um, and like Riddell, there's several other guys. So, but yes, uh, Ellis Robinson is in Athens. Uh, I know you guys came up with a long list. How many early enrollees will Georgia have out of this uh, 27 commitments? I should have pulled this up. I think it's. I mean, come on. You, you got one job. 21? Or? Yeah, I know. It's, it's, it's right around 1920, I think. Uh, and, but then a couple others that we uh-huh. had. 
wouldn't two more that added on? Yeah, Christopher Jones what was kind of up in the air for a while just in terms of numbers. Like it was depending on what um Smile on the Jamon Dumas Johnson were doing. He's enrolling early now, uh, linebacker. Yeah, Dumas so, Johnson is, is in, in the portal. portal. So uh, that's one. Um, <laughs> yeah, Quintavious Johnson, we we weren't entirely sure about. He is he's in fact already in I think you said Trent. So um I mean we, Nate Frazier is not an early enrollee. Dwight Phillips is not an, an early enrollee. Um, Justin Green. Justin Green is not. I don't think Nasir Johnson is. No. That's four. Um, let's see how Boko is. This is, this I, is. I love the fact that we are figuring out who is not. Okay, yeah. folks, you got to understand. I mean, it's, uh, it's I've been doing this 30 years, and I remember when you would talk about the two or three early enrollees mm -hmm. back in the Rick there. And that's not a shot against him. It's just, you know, it, it didn't work out that way. Now, I mean, we're talking 15% uh, of the class is not an early enrollee, which means everyone's freaking out about the portal. Look at all the guys in the transfer portal. You had 14 two years ago. You had 15 last year. And I think you got, what, 15 scholarship guys in the portal right now, uh, three uh, non-scholarship guys, uh, although the you know, contributors, a couple of them. It's But you're about to sign. How many, how many commits are there? 27. That's right. Okay, so twenty-seven early. That one year, so twenty-seven. You got to have room for your seniors that are gonna. Your seniors could leave, but remember, a lot of those seniors have a COVID year that they can take. Um, so we've we've seen some guys who are coming back, like Warren Brinson. He's got a COVID year, so he can come back. Um, it gets really crazy. I mean, you got to have room. So these guys going in the portal, that's fine. You've lost one starter. You know, it stinks to lose Demas Johnson, but. I kind of feel like he's been recruited over with the guys you got coming in this class, but you're going to have 21, 22 of your current, and let's add in maybe two or three uh, transfer portal guys. You could have 22, 23 new players on your roster by January 1st or so to go through spring practice. And a lot of these guys going through bowl practice, you'll be ready to play a game by April. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, Clemson, y'all come over early. Let's go. I think the big key for these teams now are getting guys on campus to have enough depth for spring practice and to be able to see what you got in, in spring and, and see what these freshmen – see which freshmen can contribute right away, see which ones uh, are going to be in the race for a spot, what you got a feeling like Ellis Robinson is going to be a race for a spot. Um, maybe, uh, uh, you know, several of those defensive players, DeMello Jones even uh, could can come on. So, um you see what you got, and uh, and then you know what you're working with come summer or that second transfer portal season, and see if you need to fill any of these vacancies. And um, so it's it, it's interesting. I, I think getting these guys on campus early and and getting them a full or half of a year before they start is big. Not only in um, seeing seeing the production, but also getting them in the weight room. Now I know that it's, to me it's very interesting right now. That uh, let me bring this up. So that's the updated Georgia recruiting uh, commitment list, right? Mm -hmm. uh, Ellis Robinson at the top of it, Justin Williams, your two five stars. They're both on campus already. Mm -hmm. Should have been uh, Dylan Rayola. He should have been here, but uh, he's not going to be. Uh, it's a little hard to see, but what is the team recruiting rank there? Yeah, number one, because Ohio Ohio State just lost running back Jordan Lyle. No, no, don't give me that. Nobody just, loses recruits but Georgia. I'm Nobody goes in the portal but Georgia. I don't want to hear your crap. I'm just it's it's true. 
Georgia, Georgia lost that number one spot for about uh, 25 about minutes. hours. Yeah. So, um, and even then, like Georgia, I mean, Georgia loses the, the, like you said, right, number two player in the country. And I think I looked earlier and Ohio State was ahead by like 13 points. Like the, the margin was razor thin as it was. So, and now let's see, what is it? Georgia's up by about 70, 68 points. So, 68 points. Um, yeah, so George and like I said last night, I mean Georgia. Someone asked on the board, Georgia was going to have a a top three class whether Iowa ended up flipping or not. So it's not like this is a like if 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 Florida's class, for example, just thinking of Florida's class off the top of my head, Does Florida have a class. Exactly. Oh, get commits. If DJ Lagway flips from Florida, then all of a sudden he is the. You know, he is the, the crown jewel of that class, I guess, is a way of saying it. And when you look at George's class, yeah, Raiola was really good. But like a lot of people think Ellis Robinson might be a a better prospect than, than even Raiola is. So a lot of people think Ron Pugliese is a better quarterback. Yeah. So there's um, every coach at the University of Georgia before Dylan Raiola flipped. So, I guess the thing is, George's class isn't one that's going to fall apart because of, of one prospect going elsewhere, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. Let, let's move on to the biggest news of the day. I know it's we, we talk recruiting here on Rumors versus Facts, and uh, we appreciate everybody that's tuned in. If you would, hit the like button. I've uh, got hundreds of people in here. I appreciate that. Uh, the biggest news to me was the recruitment that went behind landing Carson Beck earlier today. Carson Beck announced that he's coming back. We told people two weeks ago that all signs pointed to Carson Beck returning. Um, we kept – every day we got asked about it, every day we said, look, uh, everything that we've heard coming out of the Buttsmere building is that Carson Beck is returning. Mm-hmm. Uh, every coach believes it. All the players on the team believe it. Everybody we've spoken to around the program believes it. But until he puts out the affirmation, you know, until he, in other words, it's not real until it's on social media. But uh, they actually announced it earlier today, about 30 minutes before the um, uh, Dylan Rayola news hit, which I thought was very interesting coordination. Um, maybe that's what uh, somebody started. Somebody over the weekend said, uh, I'm hearing that Dylan Rayola is texting Kirby and he, he might not flip. I'm like, I don't, that's bull. The, the dude's gone. We know this, you know. And as you know, the video was being made and it was all set up. Maybe they were coordinating when they would release their news. I, I don't know. But uh, getting Carson Beck back is a gigantic is a gigantic win because you had to recruit him back. He could have gone to the NFL. He has a fantastic draft grade. He would have gone – Basically, when you each school is allowed five uh, graded players, the NFL will grade five players for you. And when you get the grade back, it says first round, second round, or basically return to school, third through seventh, or undraftable. It, it's just it's A, B, and C. A's first round, B second round, C is third and beyond to undraftable. You just don't know. Uh, now they can pay to have more players done because Georgia's had a ton of guys drafted in the past, so you know that they got their five complimentary and then they had to move on to the others. Um, Carson Beck's draft grade was very good. He could have gone. So you guys give me your take on the fact that you landed uh, the most important. I mean, yeah, Georgia's going to add 27 players for winning next year. You you won your biggest battle today. That's just my yeah, take. Give I mean, me with, with what the schedule looks like, I mean, having Beck back is huge because you're, you were looking in the face of taking a first-year starter into Tuscaloosa, into um, – into Austin to play Texas and then into Ole Miss, which that team doesn't even look like the same team it did uh, last year with all, with all the guys they've had in the portal so far. So, um, yeah, it, it's huge. And especially 
you're going to be replacing three or four offensive line starters. Brock Bowers uh, will most likely be gone. Ladd McConkey will most likely will be gone. So when you're replacing so much on offense already, getting the quarterback back is uh, is, is massive. So um, it, it's really hard to overstate. I think how how huge um, it is. I mean, you your your leader is is back. It's it's hard to to say it any more succinct, succinctly than that. Looking at you, Trent. This yeah, yeah. I, I think, it, like Jess said, with the schedule next year, and I think a lot of people overlook the fact that Warren Brinson's coming back. I mean, just for having that experience come back for, for on the road, um, Smile Munden coming back, it's mm-hmm. a big deal. I mean, oh, yeah. getting those guys back in the middle of your defense, getting the guys back in the middle of your offense. Uh, Tate Rattledge. <laughs> Rattledge. You're expecting. And I know that. Van Pran can't come back, of course, but you're getting Carson Beck back. It's going to be a, a lot easier on the center instead of having a new center and a new quarterback. So it's it's a big deal. And and Carson Beck will come into next year as one of the you know top five in the Heisman. You know he's going to get a bunch of offseason hype. Um, whether or not he can you know move up his draft, it will, that's yet to be determined. But I think that it, for George's sake, this is the real deal. You're looking back at guys like this comeback in the past, like your Nick Chubb and Sony Michels, and and how how much of a factor they played. And this is at the quarterback position, so it's it's a big deal. It's huge from a leadership standpoint too, um, especially with with uh, you know even Andy even Andy mentioned it. Jim is the Clemson, you know, in Atlanta next year um you know a neutral site game and and you know you get you don't have a lot of you know true road games but i mean having a guy like carson beck leading you into tuscaloosa leading you into battle uh you know at texas is huge for this offense with you know a pretty solid you know wide receiver uh core that i think is going to come back next year if rah rah and uh dominic love it you know decide to come back as well well here see i'm i kind of the opposite of that Getting those guys back is big, but to me, losing Lad McConkey and Brock Bowers, who are both going pro um, from everything we've heard. Uh, you, yeah, you get some experienced guys back, Dylan Bell as, as well, but you don't have that kind of that go-to guy, that established guy that comes back. But again, that's par for the course for Georgia. You, you know, you had Jermaine Burton. He leaves A.D. Mitchell. He leaves Lad McConkey. He leaves like, hey, okay, Georgia's going to win, go undefeated next year because your top wide receiver is leaving you for the third year in a row. Uh, but this was going pro. To me, getting Carson Beck back is gigantic because you're you're losing your center, so you got to replace the center there. Uh, you're losing Xavier Truss, who was your left guard. You're losing your right tackle and Amarius Mims. Tay Radish is back. That's huge. So, I mean, you get replacing three offensive linemen with now, granted, Micah Morris and Dylan Fairchild are great, you know, and um, Monroe Freeling can pop in over there at right tackle. But you've got two good, talented guys on the offensive line. Your quarterback knows what he's doing. He's he's lost his top tight end target. He's lost his top wide receiver target. But he, if anybody can handle that, it's the guy that's gone through with a couple of those offensive linemen, with the, the uh, second and third tight ends, with Dominic, you know, with Ra Ra, like you were mentioning. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, He's like, hey, uh, I need you to move up online. I need you to move over. This is how this place is supposed to look. I know what everybody's positions are. And here's the thing that a lot of people don't talk about with Carson Beck. Very cerebral. Mm-hmm. Kirby Smart, you, how many guys, how times have you been in the room when Kirby Smart says he doesn't get too high, he doesn't get too low? He's not, doesn't wear his heart on his sleeve. This guy's a methodical QB. 
and he's going to have to replace a lot of – hey, you're losing your top two running backs. So you've got a lot of new faces out there that you're going to have to work with. Um, I could see I, I could see that being a lot to ask a either Ryan Puglisi, a, a guy who's you know just coming in from high school, or Gunnar Stockton in his second year of college, you know, for a redshirt freshman. That's a lot to put on. Hey, go beat Texas. Go beat Alabama on the road with, with new pieces. Getting Carson back back to me. I said it earlier when we did our reaction show. That, that's two wins. Getting him back today, Georgia wins two games more than I would have given them a chance to next year. So they're winning 18? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying I could see Georgia being the underdog on the road at Texas and at uh, Alabama. But you give me Carson. When's the last time Georgia was underdog? I don't know. But would, would you have thought of them as being uh, favored and uh, with a new uh, freshman quarterback? No, definitely not. But if wondering. they're favored going into Austin, I'd be like, okay, I'm not shocked. No. And I think Carson Beck can't – I mean, at this this time last year, we're looking back at Carson Beck. He's a backup quarterback at this point last year. I mean, he, George is getting ready to play in the playoffs. He's a backup quarterback. Goes into the spring. Still not named the starting quarterback. Oh, everybody knew he was going to be the starting quarterback, but still wasn't named the starting quarterback. I think a year, you know, offseason with him being the guy and him being able to work with the guys – is not only going to be beneficial for him, but it's going to be beneficial for Georgia, and um, and and Bex could still got some improvement. I mean, he he yeah. missed a, he missed a lot of guys this year that uh, you know either on the deep pass or that was running open that he didn't see, and that's just from the inexperience of playing in games. And uh, Beck was really good, but th- there is some still there's some stuff he can work on, and um, and you know an offseason being being that number one guy is uh will be interesting to see how he comes out next year in that first game because I think Beck's really good. He's very poised, very accurate with the football. Just has some eye uh you know you know being able to see guys I don't Dominic Levitt ran open a couple of times in the uh championship SC championship and he missed him so just some little things but I think he another offseason with with him as number one guy is going to be huge. I want to go back to to your point when Stetson Bennett wins the uh, championship in his year, the first year, and he decides to come back, right? The difference between his that first year, you know, he wins the title, when he came back in 2020, he went 15 and 0. The calmness that he had, the command that he had, I could definitely see year two Carson Beck being that guy. Am I wrong, Jed? I mean, you not. No. I, that's what it looked like to me. Stetson Bennett looked, and granted, he was 27, 29 years old. I, I know people make that joke all the time, but he just seemed like uh, it seemed like the game really slowed down for him. And I look at how Carson started out. Like you said last year, Trent, he was uh, you know, he's the backup. Then he, you know, he goes through spring as finally being the guy. You know, I remember there was this like open competition, whatever. And then uh, now he goes in. There's no question. He's the guy. Who gets all the reps. He knows what he did wrong this year in live fire, you know, live bullets. He knows what he needs to work on. And now he gets to go into year two knowing knowing his strengths, knowing his weaknesses, knowing what to work on, knowing that this is this money year. He's got to get everything fixed and polished up and spit shined because it's the, the the schedule's tougher. But also uh, he's, he's trying out for the NFL, in my opinion. But to me, Stetson year one, Stetson year two, different guys. Another offseason with Mike Bobo, too, because uh, people oh, can yeah. talk about all they want to with with his play calling and stuff. He's a damn good quarterback, uh, quarterback coach. And yeah. um, so another offseason with Bobo and, and 
you know, working on being able to go and actually look at game film and take that game film and, um, you know, take his to take his flaws and, and work on them all off, off season. I got it. I, um, one of the questions we got is, um, about a lot of, a lot of portal questions. So, uh, I want, I want, the first one that popped up was, is George getting that, uh, running back from Florida? So I don't know if they're going to get him or not. Um, but I like George's chances right now. Give me your thoughts, guys. Yeah. I mean, George is right in the thick of it for sure. And it's one that's kind of been, it, it's ebbed and flowed a little bit. Like when he first went in, Georgia seemed like they had plenty of momentum and then it kind of cooled off a little bit. And now George is back to, um, you know, right there at the, uh, at the top of it. And I don't think Trent, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think he's taken any visits anywhere, uh, Trevor Etienne. So he's, it's, it's kind of a, I don't know, a, a communication with the coaches and, and relationship standpoint. Georgia definitely had a relationship with him dating back into his recruitment. So, um, yeah, George is in there. I would imagine LSU is fighting hard as well to bring him home to Louisiana. And you, um, you and, haven't heard much about any any other teams even being involved, and right. that's the interesting thing. Um, I, I don't think point. he has to take visits. I mean, they went through the whole visit process with the brother, and then they went through the visit process with uh, it, with him. And this was just a couple of years ago. You still had Georgia still got the same running back coach, still mm-hmm. got same pretty much the same offensive staff uh it's just uh it he doesn't have to take visits he's been to those campuses he's been to georgia he's been to lsu he's been to clemson he's been to all these schools he doesn't have to take visits to figure out where he's going to go he just really it's just talking and i'm sure at some point georgia's been down to see him um you know during the visit period um you know i think it's just right now it's just figuring out what's the best fit for him and um maybe some nil i don't know NIL will factor into it a lot. Uh, I, I know there have been some questions about um, Walter Nolan. All right. I'll take that one because I was the one to put it on the board. Uh, Walter Nolan, I guess, to me, that, that's got to be the biggest, tar- the biggest available target in the transfer portal. Mm-hmm. I think he's you the know? biggest, period. I mean, everyone with the quarterbacks, I think he's <laughs> the biggest, period. But, I mean, everybody wants a – game-changing defensive lineman. And I haven't been following this closely, but I just didn't see that many in the portal. There there were like six, at one point, 60 quarterbacks in the portal. But how many top fly, and, and starters? There was a bunch of starters in the, you know, starting quarterbacks. I mean, you saw them leave from really good programs. You know, uh, top 15 programs, starting quarterback in the portal. How many uh, deep uh, top-name defensive linemen were in the portal? Definitely not many like Walter Nolan. Yeah. For sure. Not many, not many in the past, you know, hour or so. Joshua Farmer, who, you know, was a high, highly recruited out of Florida State, has entered the portal. That's another name to watch. Yeah. Well, they're all going. I mean, it, all the ones that have went in the portal went to Ole Miss. So I think <laughs> Ole Miss is running a non defensive line package next year. Yeah. I mean, you got uh, LT Overton in there. A couple guys everyone was thinking about, like uh, uh, Shamar Stewart and, um, Who's that Kentucky kid, Deion Walker? Deion Walker. They, they, did they ever go in? Nope. I thought I was. Point being, uh, and even uh, uh, some of the big offensive linemen names, you know, uh, the trench guys seem to have it's, – it's a very uh, extensive portal, but there's not as many of them. Anyway, Walter Nolan, uh, I was told that Georgia was looking into him 
uh, about four or five days ago. I went on their uh, UGA Sports message board. I went on the vault and said, hey, uh, I was wrong because I told everybody that uh, Georgia was not looking at LT Overton or Walter Nolan and a few other names that were just like, look, where Georgia's just not interested in because the bidding on these things is going to be uh, too much. The the situations are uh, the bidding in these situations is not what Georgia does. You know, they they're not going to they're not going to throw off the locker room chemistry by going and throwing, you know, $750,000 in NIL at a uh, one guy when somebody else on the team that plays the same position is only getting 75,000 or 7,500. They're just not going to ruin it like that. Um, then I went on the ball and said, Hey, I was wrong. There are some names out there that Georgia is looking at who were, we expect to be kind of high priced. I don't call them mercenaries. The kids are doing what's best for them. They're leaving situations they don't like. And, you know, why not get the best? I, I have no compunction with Dylan Rayola. He's, he's getting a lot more money by going there than coming to Georgia. So congratulations to him. Um, but I was told that Georgia is looking at Walter Nolan. Now I'm like, yeah. I, what, what will come of it? I don't know. Just the fact that they're kicking the tires there. That's big. And I know the people involved. And this is not uh, internet hype. It's not trolling. It's not, you know, a couple days before signing day. So let's try to juice the numbers. We're, we're, we are a subscription-based site. We don't get paid by the click. You can click a thousand times on our site. You can click zero times on our site. We get paid the same. So this isn't some clickbait BS. I'm just telling you that uh, I know people involved in it. And Georgia has looked at Walter Nolan. Now, is he listening? I mean, he's going to listen. Georgia recruited him really hard, and they know his father. They know his family. They, they'll, they'll talk to him and find out if he's interested or not. Does he wind up at Ole Miss? Very possible. But one of our uh, Ole Miss writers reached out to me and said, hey, I'm, and this is how we were able to go public with it. It broke on the Ole Miss side. They, everybody's wondering, why hasn't Walter Nolan signed? Why hasn't he signed? He's supposed to be the guy. And you notice how they had each one of those announcements kind of lined up every, every couple, every hour, every day or something. There's another Ole Miss commit. That's a great way that you break big nose. You don't do it all at once. You do it as a drip, 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 and you really create that uh, persona that everybody's going there. Of course, it helps if everybody's going there. But uh, he was supposed to be the next one, and everyone starts, started wondering, you know, where's the Walter Nolan? Now, hell, he could. while we're on the show, he might wind up committing there. But I'm telling you that Georgia did, Georgia did look into him, has looked into him, and has been talking to him. So um, now all of a sudden he's – you know, everyone has said he's a slam dunk to Ole Miss. Well, he ain't there yet. So Georgia's fighting for him. Georgia was looking into Trevor Etienne. They're looking at Colby Young. Uh, who else was you guys keep up with all the who, who else? From Vanderbilt is the one who I guess Georgia feels and we feel most confident in Georgia landing at this point. He visited uh was it this weekend? Last weekend when did he visited Georgia? Last weekend. Um, you know, that's the one that again Georgia feels most confident in. He it hasn't broken yet, but that's one that we're still kind of in not wait and see mode, but just kind of waiting for it to pop. Um, there's Colby Young, like you mentioned, Roddy, the big guy from Miami. He was only six, in Athens, four, I think. Six, six, five. Yeah, six five, I think. He visited Georgia. It wasn't a weekend thing, he was at Georgia for a day and then he went to uh, Penn State for an official over the weekend. So Georgia's battling with some schools there. Um, there was there's Holden Stays, the tight end from Notre Dame, who visited, which was interesting until he committed to Tennessee like 24 hours later. So uh, that was much to do about nothing. And um, you know, I think another name that went in today is Damani Jackson from USC. Yeah, and somebody I'm, was asking about him in the context. Williams. 
uh, from USC defensive backs coach and, and Jackson's a guy that's really close with Williams. So Georgia needs to, uh, you know, I, I would say replenish that defensive back room a little bit. I, I believe Jackson's a corner uh, more so than a safety. And I think Georgia might need a safety more than a corner. Um, but you, you kind of take what you can get at a point. So, both. um, so yeah, that would be, be that would be taking, taking a guy like of his caliber. If, if Julian Humphreys is on the fence, cause you might just be offsetting your roster. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you got to be careful with the guys that you take. You got to take positions of need. And if cornerback is not necessarily a position of need, it might be. But I'm just saying, if cornerback's not, a position it's not of until need, it is, Trent. But if you're if you're looking at getting numbers, I think this could offset your numbers. If if yeah. you if, if you got guys that are thinking about going to the portal, and then you bring in a five star who started at USC, who is one of the top players in the country. And then Julian Humphrey's like, well, I'll go take Sam start for sure. You know, I'm just, just throwing it out there. It, is, it, no, it might point. not help your numbers. Uh, to me, though, if I'm Kirby Smart, and again, uh, I don't even like saying that sentence because I never want to act like I'm giving advice. But to your point, yeah, you bring somebody in and that runs somebody off. Happens all the time. And we had the question there from Quinn Brown, who's uh, watching on X. I appreciate it. Says, I'm worried about uh, Michael Williams and Julian Humphrey's uh, – because I can, I can tell you for certain, they have talked about the portal. Will they get into it? I don't know. Sometimes it's just seeing what your options are. Um, if you bring one in, you could scare one off. But at the same time, I, I could definitely see Kirby going, well, if you're waffling, you're not sure, and this five-star kid wants to come here, I'm going to go ahead and take him. And if you leave, then I'm fine. But what you don't want is I'm not going to take this five-star who's in the portal and then you leave, and then I got nobody. So, like you said, it's not a problem until it is. You know, your numbers don't work out. So, if you bring one in and one leaves, so be it. I mean, you're still at one. But if you get towards the end of the portal and all of a sudden – and remember, you can't take somebody from the SEC in the second uh, open period. So, in other words, if uh, – like Brock Vandegrift, he put his name in the portal right after the portal opens, and he goes to Kentucky. If he had waited till after spring when the uh, portal opens again, you can't transfer within the SEC and play that year. You have to sit out a year. So if you're, if you're going to transfer within the SEC, and granted we're talking Southern Cal, but just as a reminder, like uh, Walter Nolan, if he wants to uh, transfer, if he was going to go to Alabama, Ole Miss, Georgia, something like that, he needs to do it in the first uh, recruiting, uh, first uh, transfer period, which is why you see so many names in there, and I think you're going to see a lot less in the second one after spring practice. All right. uh, yeah, see Dustin, Dustin Golden saying, hey, who, who else are we getting? Uh, question about, uh, is Bullock coming back? No. Yeah. Answer that. Not going to happen. Uh, uh, what is the, uh, yeah, I think there's a good one. What's the uh, overall portal number? I mean, you think, how many th- guys do you think they take from the portal? I'd go over three. Yeah, I would go over three as well. It's it's not going to be, uh, you know, 15, but I think, you know, five or six is yeah. definitely, definitely possible. I'd definitely put a lot of money if it was just three, over under three, because, I mean, you're looking at having to take uh, definitely a wide receiver. Uh, you're looking at running back if you take that. 
then you, you get in close to a situation where you have, might take a, a defensive back safety. You're definitely going to take a defensive lineman. Uh, I think that's pretty much certain at some point you're going to take a defensive lineman. And you still have to look at edge. And I think that'll still be an evaluation going on there. So I think um, Georgia could be looking at five, uh, at least five guys. I'm going to go four. It's just based on numbers. Yeah. I don't know that you got. Do you have room for five? It depends on who. I mean, does anybody? What about leave? these? What about these last guys? I mean, are they are they going to come back? They're going to leave? I think a lot depends on the numbers. Depend yeah. on what's going to happen with those guys. Uh, this is. I'll let you guys do this. Compare. Sorry, I'm getting sick. Uh, compared Nolan to uh, Jalen Carter, uh, Walter Nolan to Jalen Carter. And by the way, I misspelled it on my tweet. It's N O L E N. So I already don't like Walter Nolan because I can't spell his name right. So. And then Humphreys has to add an S to his name. Yeah, <laughs> when we say London Humphreys, it's not. It's there's a Y on the end with an S. Uh, but uh, he's not Nolan. He's not Jalen Carter. There's only one Jalen Carter. There's that. That is a bad man. He's but good. He could, have, he could have that big an impact. You remember when uh, Jalen Carter was not on the offense, uh, defensive line? And teams will be able to run, and they're moving down the field. Then he goes back out there, and all of a sudden, there's a drop for a loss, or just the plays don't work right. Well, when he smashes your uh, guard into the center, you know, and all of a sudden uh, your uh, blitzing uh, linebacker comes running through there, it's just different when he's in there. So you're not going to see. I'll him. say this: if you, if you add a guy like Walter Nolan, and it makes Warren Brinson and Michael. Mm-hmm. Uh, Williams that much better, and and I know I think they had down years because they weren't very good in the middle, and yeah. that you know look look at the years they had before with Jalen Carter in the game without without him in the game, and yeah. then even the the year prior to that. So I think having that big guy like Nolan in the middle it was going to make the rest of your team better, including your inside linebackers. You're you're dead on. All right. Um, let's go to some of the questions from the vault at ugasports.com. This is from Medical Dog. He says, do you think it's time to get rid of one of the signing days? I don't see any point in two signing days anymore now that uh, the early signing day is now in the middle of free agency. I mean, I don't think the current model is this. I mean, you think of what Kirby Smart's having to deal with – or use, use Nick Saban as a better example. He's getting his team ready for a national championship run while dealing with the portal and trying to finish off a, a, a signing class, which – Kirby Smart has obviously done the same thing the past couple of years. So that's that's insane. Um, I wonder if they move the early period like way up to like – like, I Trent, I wonder if you could move it even to like middle of August and, and guys could sign before their senior season and then maybe this December one becomes the late signing period. I don't know. I just – I know that the current – and a lot of coaches have said this. Like they're just – the current model with all this stuff – coinciding in the middle to late December is, is not um, sustainable. So I don't know if that's, I think you got to find a way. I think you got to find a way to separate the two. I think you got to find a way to separate transfer portal and early signing. Yeah. And I think the only way possible is to have that early signing period, like you were talking about, and then a signing period in February. I don't think you can have both in December. Cause I think that's taken away a lot. It, it's hard on teams that are not in the playoffs. It, much less the hard on teams that are in the playoffs, and you're trying to you're trying to do all this, and and um, I know they get paid a lot of money to do it, but 
heck, it's, it's a lot of work. So right. I think I think you got to separate the two. One way or another, you got to you got to get the two uh, apart because them working hand in hand is just a lot. Now, I can see the thing where you have having one separate and then the other, but at the same time, it's like okay, if we lose this guy to the portal, then we know how to adjust our recruiting. And maybe vice versa. So I could definitely see the portal happening first, and then you, you, know, you work with your signing stuff. I could see the moving it back, moving it early. I don't think the coaches would like that. Although they do recruit all summer, um, but let's say it's in August. You know, they're spending twenty-five days trying to get ready for the first game. It's really hard to be ready, trying to get ready for the first game during camp, and then trying to also solidify your class. But also, they want to see some of these guys play their yeah. senior year. Yeah, that's true. Which guys are going to be? dropped or added based on how they perform. And every once in a while you see a, a decommitment and you're like, okay, well, uh, he's not really turning down his chance to play at Georgia or Alabama or Clemson or Ohio state. He, he's been turned down. So hmm. I think the first sign of class would be a very limited amount of guys like your, your top rated guys that you know that you're taking no matter what. And then the rest of it's going to be, Oh, I can see where the, like uh with Dylan Raul, uh, you can sign. do a top ten. You're on December 20th, you're allowed to sign ten guys, and then you have to sign the rest of them later. I, no. I would, I'd hate coaches would hate that, you know, because like trying to figure out who they, they would put them on the spot. But boy, you'd find out who who's important to them fast. From a media standpoint, that that'd be killer. I'm uh, looking for more drama. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm just saying that would be that would be the man. We'd be triple the size of our subscriptions with that stuff, you know. It, it, hey, it's just like the NFL draft. They can take uh, you get what seven picks. There's thirty guys you're looking at. You get to pick seven. You got to put your money where your mouth is. So that would be wild. Um, so anyway, that was a question. Do get rid of? They got to get rid of one of them, or at least they got to they got to rework it. Medical dog. It's just not. It's not mm -hmm. like it's supposed to. Uh, Andy, who's on the show all the time, asked about um, uh, Malachi Nelson if Beck leaves. Uh, but Beck's staying, so I don't think that matters anymore. Um, this is a good question. Who do you think Dante Williams would uh, help UGA and put him put in a good position in the portal 2024 or 2025 recruits? In other words, Georgia hired Dante Williams. The news broke while we were having the event together. We were having we we're having a great party at the before the uh, basketball game. Um, everybody. A lot of people from UGA Sports, the dog event, the great message board there, got together. Uh, we were laughing, cutting up, and right in the middle of it, I felt bad because all of a sudden the Dante Williams news broke. So we were you know, on the phone trying to confirm it, and uh, I texted, reached out to him. He finally got back to me a few days later. It was hilarious. Uh, he had already confirmed it by then. But the point is, uh, guys, give me some names that uh, would be associated with Dante Williams. Everyone talks about him being a good recruiter. Um, that is usually Kirby Smart's 1A requirement when he hires anybody is that they be a good recruiter. 1B is that they know what they're, what they're doing. There have been a lot of good recruiters who George, I mean, Kirby has turned down because when he puts them on the whiteboard and says, okay, uh, third and eight, this is, here's the, what the offense is doing. Here's where the ball is. Here's the hash mark. Here's, you know, uh, what's up part of the field. What defense do you call? What do you call if it's a running quarterback? What do you call if they've got a, a great Z receiver, you know? And he grills these guys, and some guys have failed. But uh, for, so, in other words, if Dante Williams made it through the uh, Kirby Smart test, he's, he obviously knows football. But talk to me from a recruiting standpoint, some uh, 2024, 2025 kids or somebody maybe in the portal that he might be uh, good friends with. Yeah, well, we mentioned Damani Jackson um, from USC. Um, 2024, I mean, I just think it, it's kind of 
there's no real obvious guy who who would follow him. Now, Jarvis Boatwright is a guy who's from Florida. He's a safety, had a Georgia offer um, in, in his recruitment anyway. Um, I, it's interesting to see. I mean, if he signs with USC in two days, then it doesn't really matter. I wonder if, just spitballing, if there are any USC guys who were maybe planning to sign in December and then hold off and maybe try to visit Georgia in January, maybe just to kind of get the lay of the land. But I, I don't know. That's just uh, kind of throwing it out there. But you look at 25, I mean, there's DJ Pickett, who's a safety out of Florida. There's – Oh, yeah, everyone. he's good. He, he's really good. And, you know, some of these guys who are – national what do I try national recruits um you know there's Jet White who's committed to USC or was committed to USC at one point um Darius Dixon I think yeah I mean, there's, there's so much talent I mean modern day and, and St. John Bosco were just two ridiculous programs out there for starters um where there's just <laughs> and you look at even you know, when Georgia brought in David Hill, all the connections he has in, in Arizona, that area of the country, I'm sure Dante Williams ha- has similar connections, not just in California, all through the West Coast. So um, I think you're going to see a lot of guys in the spring that I'm not going to say wouldn't have visited Georgia otherwise, but you're going to see a lot of West Coast flavor, I think, of guys who maybe didn't have Georgia on their radar as much now coming to see Georgia paired with a guy that they've got a really good relationship with and Dante Williams. I think modern day has a uh, two corner, highly rated cornerbacks. Um, McDonald, Chuck yeah. McDonald, I think his name is, but they, he was big in their school. I know, I know that he had a lot of connections to modern day and uh, I think it's Chuck McDonald. Let's see. Yeah. Chuck, oh. Chuck McDonald, the second number 28 player in the country. And then, then they have uh Darius Dixon, who's another cornerback from Honor Day, who's the number twenty-four player in the country. I'd say another. I'd say another name in twenty twenty-five that I talked to uh, this season that Jed knows is uh, Dwayne Galloway um, out of mm-hmm. Columbus, Ohio. I think Georgia's like top. I spoke to him like a month ago, and Georgia was like top on his list, and and he was very excited, um, you know, about his visit. So that's another name in twenty twenty-five. Yeah. For sure. Uh, there's a hundred comments in here about Juju Lewis. <laughs> committed. Committed out there. I think you can flip him. Or I guess I I I am still in the the skeptical camp of of the Julian Lewis and Georgia thing. I've, I've had people tell me that the Georgia is still right in it, that they're working, and I'm sure they are. I mean, you don't I give up on a guy that's two hours from Athens is that kind of talent. I personally am skeptical, but you know George is going to try. Um, they're going to try really hard to flip him from uh, from from USC for sure. I mean, he visited, hell, he visited twice, maybe three times in the fall after he committed. So it's not like he's he's he shut things down uh, from a Georgia standpoint by any means. So you can't rule it out. Personally, I'm skeptical about it, but yeah, there's there's going to be a long, long, long way to go. A lot of a lot of factors here to say this is going to be maybe the all time NIL. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's um, yeah. And, and and we know how Georgia does that. So I just I, like like Jess said, I'm skeptical just from, from yeah. that sense. I, I'm vetoing any more Juju Lewis talk because that ain't happening. He might ask for poor ownership of a college team. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the kid has 132,000 followers on Instagram as of, what, 
15, 16 year old kid. Um, I'm impressed. So um, I mean, he's got a bunch on TikTok. I mean, he, like Trent said, that's that's one. That's an NIL. I mean, Sports Illustrated like had an NIL cover, and he was on the cover of that magazine for a reason. I mean, that's, that's there's all point. kind of of, uh, of factors going on there. But raise your hand if you think Kirby Smart gets into that headache. No. Okay. Man, <laughs> <laughs> put, put, put your broken, your broken ass wrist down, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Lance has a busted wrist from uh, all the typing he does with updates. Yeah, yeah, typing. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure, typing. Everybody's got jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, there's a lot of more questions about Walter Nolan. We mentioned that George Zimmerman. A uh, couple questions about um, uh, who else they might get any any signing day flips. Uh, I, I will say that you know. George is going to continue to recruit Juju because you never know what's going to happen. Uh, they're still re- recruiting uh, KJ Bolden. Mm-hmm. And you never know what's going to happen. You know they're um, uh, they'll be on him. The only person I think they're not going to recruit anymore, and you know this kind of until signing day, is Dylan Rayola. They, they moved on there, but uh, I think you got to recruit uh, KJ Bolden just because you got dad and dad in your corner, and you just you, you want to take that last. You want to recruit him all the way to signing day because you. Something odd could happen, but you do have that in your corner, and I think that's uh, one reason why you want to keep recruiting him. Oh, I like Antoine Hill, twenty twenty five. He's good. Uh, Ryan Montgomery. See, Antoine big, Hill, big fan of Ryan Montgomery. Like Georgia hadn't been super in on him, even for like he committed to Colorado and then since decommitted from Colorado. Um, I just I can't bring myself to totally rule him out because as we all know, he's Trey Hill's nephew. He's been to Athens a million times. Um, I don't so really think up in Athens, but you, I mean, as the, as the Georgia staff kind of evaluates, okay, we're more likely to take a 25 kid now, say in January, you, you can't totally rule out, um, you know, an Antoine Hill possibility for sure. And Ryan Montgomery is already playing the trip. Yeah. yeah. Ryan Montgomery, I think is the guy everybody needs. Yeah. To January. Athens. He's been to Athens a ton, you know, before, even for a while when it looked like Georgia might not take a, a 2025 quarterback, he's been in Athens probably three, four times unofficially from Ohio. Like Julian Lewis gets on the interstate and it's, it's a two hour, two and a half hour drive to, uh, to Athens, Ryan Montgomery, there's a flight and or a long drive or it's the whole thing. So uh, he, he loves Georgia. He's got a strong connection with Bobo knows Kirby. So that's, that I think is, is uh, you know, the number one name to watch. Now, I do think you're going to have guys working out on campus in the spring. There's going to be some new offers go out probably at quarterback in 2025. Um, but, but yeah, Ryan Montgomery's the guy to watch. I think the plans definitely flipped over the last week to because uh, 2025 was not going to be a quarterback year, and now it is going to be a quarterback year, and mm-hmm. now you're going to start seeing it. So we'll have a uh, that's basically come Thursday or Friday after signing day, there will be here the list of 2025 quarterbacks to look at in this upcoming class. So we will have a update on quarterbacks for you. Uh, but again, people asking about any uh, like signing day flips. So KJ Bolden, the only one I could think of, I don't think he's going to FSU. I, I know he's telling people he is. I said a long time ago, he's either going to flip to Georgia or flip to Auburn. I think it's going to be Auburn. If he does come to Georgia, he's going to come to Georgia making a lot less money than he would make at Auburn or FSU. And like you said, Trent, that you that you got the dad on your side. He wants him to come here. He basically he's made no bones about it. 
Uh, you got the dad on that side. It's the same thing with Walter Nolan. If Walter Nolan somehow winds up at Georgia, he's going to turn down a boatload of money at Ole Miss, maybe a bunch of other schools. He's going to come to Georgia because Georgia's selling the thing. The uh, I say the thing. The they're selling development. Come here, we'll put you in the NFL. Trey Scott will get you into the NFL. Uh, you know, KJ Bold, come here, we'll get you into the NFL. Now, let's say those other schools can't. But Georgia does have 25 guys who signed, you know, NFL contracts the last two years. So they've got that going for them. And if you get these kids, be excited about it because you got them, I don't want to say at a premium, you know, but you didn't spend as much as everybody else did because Georgia just won't do it. So that's why I'm like, oh, yeah, Georgia's in it for KJ Bold. I'm like, you have to go almost to, you're, you're going against the market because they're not putting out as much money as everybody else is. So, but they have something that the other schools don't, and that's a, uh, right now a very recent proven track record of developing players and getting them into the NFL. So, uh, let's see what else we got here. Uh, from uh, R Hall 55, how many JUCOs does UGA take? Do we expect any JUCOs to sign Wednesday? I, 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 you see everything I'm asking is about are there going to be new names on Wednesday? Yeah, it doesn't look like any. I mean, Brian yeah. Taylor was on the radar for a while. Jaden Hamlin was on the radar for a while, and now it's it's kind of – dwindled down to uh to, to nothing really and, and it's funny because this class was one where the juco guy kind of came back into vogue a little bit and and you know we, we had to cover it a little bit and now all of a sudden we get down to the end and, and it looks like it's going to be zero so um oh. barring a surprise i don't think george ends up getting any juco guys what about the kid that went to lackawanna community college and then went That's to Florida? colby young colby no young. he's miami excuse me yeah yeah colby young and that's, you know, visiting Penn State, there's obviously some roots up there. Um, so, so technically, I guess, I mean, you say our hope, maybe two two schools removed from uh, that. Uh, he's a Juco, but that's it. Right, uh, UGA Moss says, uh, what's the backstory on Evan Stewart from A&M this summer? Is he a possible option or do talks fade? I don't think he is officially in the portal, is he? Am I wrong? Not to my mm-hmm. knowledge. Not as of before the show, no. Yeah, <laughs> double check. It's, things break on the show all the time. Um, I mean, every it's the same as our our classic uh, saying: "You're committed till you're not. You're you're not in the portal till you are." So, um, now that being said, I mean, I'm sure that's a guy that Georgia would love to add because he is an absolute uh, monster at receiver at, at Texas A&M. With, I mean, the level of quarterback play he would get at Georgia would be far beyond what he's gotten at AM the past two years. Um yeah, that's another one where hey be nice to Max. The uh I mean Mac, Max Johnson wasn't a a a knocking on the door Heisman finalist. I mean he's a solid yeah, player. I mean, it's fair. It's fair. I'm just saying um, you know that's one where you would expect the NIL uh to to, to get weird uh just being a a star receiver. Um yeah. but you know, like, and similar as, as Walter Nolan, Roddy. I mean, you can sell development. You can sell. You know, hard to sell development to a wide receiver. But it and it and it, that true. And there's the whole, you know, do you want to come here and block? Do you want to come here and catch forty passes for six hundred yards, or do you want to be sold on catching seventy five passes for thirteen hundred yards at? you know, USC or whatever. So, yeah, long story short, I mean, I'm sure Georgia would try. They'd contact him. Um, but he's 
got to go for the portal first. So I'm, I'm really interested to see life after Brock Bowers and Darnell Washington. Like this yeah. is we're about to see it, and all the passes and all that they were called over the past two years. Where is those targets going to now? And I'm interested to see what wide receiver puts up big numbers. And I know Oscar Depp is good. No, Lost and Lucky are good. They're they're not the other two, and mm-hmm. I'm interested to see where those those targets go because Georgia's still going to sling the rock. I mean, Bobo's going to pass the ball, and especially getting Beck back. So this is going it's going to be very interesting to see. Yeah, I, think, I think if you can stay healthy, a wide receiver is going to have a big year. I think a wide receiver is going to have a big year. It's going to be Dominic Lovett. I'm making my call now. I, um, what portal wide receivers are strongly considering UGA besides Humphreys? Uh, the reason coming off the heels of what you just asked. Could, you know, uh, just quickly, uh, who else are they looking at? We've mentioned uh, Colby Young. There was uh, – let me make sure I'm saying – it's Jerron Glover, I believe. Yes, Jerron Glover uh, from Michigan State visited over the weekend, actually tweeted out uh, some Georgia pictures today. So that's one to know. Um, Good-looking athlete there. Doesn't have a ton of stats, but, man, he, he looks yeah. the part. He was he was hurt, I think, part of this year too. But I mean, he's got good good build, six one two oh five, like you said. Said so the Michigan State kid. Yes. yes. Yeah, clever. So, ask uh, ask him if he can borrow a brace. <laughs> those are three that kind of stand out off the top of my head. And like we said earlier, Georgia Georgia okay. feels good about its spot with uh, with Humphreys right now. If I was a Michigan uh, State player, I'd probably faked injuries this year. Yeah. <laughs> uh, from what's up, dog? Uh, will we sign? Will UGA sign more than two five-star players in the twenty twenty-four class? They already have two five-star players. Yeah, I mean, it's you got more than two. I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't look like it. I don't know. If you flip KJ, you'll have three. Now, I will say this. I think this. I don't think this is maybe exactly what he's asking, but you have. There are some guys who could maybe elevate to five-star status by the end of this thing. That's up oh. to you. Um, yeah, that's entirely up to me. Um, as we all know, for those who need a refresher, I do all the rankings. So actually, I think this is our first show since the new 2024 rankings came out. So I put a lot of work, a lot of effort into those. Um, so I hope everybody. If you go refresh the rankings, Dylan Rallo is now a four star. Right. Yeah, I, I did that. I had that in the hopper ready to go. So, um, I mean, if you look at Georgia's commits, uh, let's see. So you've got. I know Joseph Jonah Johnye is at like 60, um, 63. So he's, I mean, jo- Jordan Hall at this time last year was kind of in a similar range. And then he went to the, the All American Bowl or whatever and dominated and got up to five star status. So, you know, Joseph Jonah Johnye is a guy who could get there. Um, Nate Frazier's at 62. I mean, we're, we're kind of harsh on running backs, or I am, because I, you know, after. After the Browns lost Nick Chubb, I'm kind of down on running backs right now, so it's it's a little bit of a source. Uh, hey, let, let me jump in here real quick, uh, folks. Uh, this is all tongue-in-cheek. Yes. It's not yeah, the I only really, person. Who has, like, he, has, he has jack squat to do with the rankings. Do not yell. Because, look, we yeah. got a lot of new people that I haven't watched before, and uh, the rankings are done by a committee of folks at uh, Rivals.com. They're the best in the business. The rankings are uh, continuously every year shown out to be the most accurate. We've been doing it for 30 years. Um not quite 30, uh, 1997, so uh, 20, uh, uh, 26 years. Yeah. So it's a, they've, been, they've been doing this a long time. So, uh, but, so we joke about the rankings there and Jed doing it because Jed always gets accused of it, but that's not really fair. Uh, uh, so I think the two guys you would have to watch, Chris or Joseph Jonah Johnny is at 63, Chris Cole's at 66. Okay. Um, 
one of those guys could. Uh, They'd have to have a hell of a jump though to make it into the top thirty. That's that's a heck of a jump. Yeah, I mean, Joe, Jonah Johnny, I think, is such a freak. He could go dominate. But the thing is, he's already in Athens for bowl practice. So if he's staying in Athens, he doesn't have that. Yeah, he's not going to move. He up. could still rise, but a lot a lot of those guys uh, went to that moved in last year went to All American Bowls. So they? yeah, they moved in practice with the team when the when the team left to go to. They they've made that it's not a violation or anything now. So when the team yeah. went to um, the the bowl game or the playoff or where to practice, they went to the All American game. So okay. as long as they're not yeah. injured, then they'll be they'll be fine. So I think jo- Jonah Johnye just he plays a premium position, and he's he's an athletic freak. So that would be the guy that could maybe rise up to five star status and get you to three okay. five stars. Um, but All right, well, that's your answer. Let's move on. Uh, GOP UGA says, uh, which poet will end up having a sore backside in his career, Dylan Rayola or Oscar Wilde? I had to look up who Oscar Wilde was, but not going to say anything there. But um, Nebraska does. I'm on their theater page now. It's called the Johnny Carson uh, School of Theater and Film. So it's named after Johnny Carson. I'm just saying, this is why we can't have nice things. Yeah. Lance McCurley. You know, we we, we open up to questions and we get get (laughs) trolled like GOP. By GOP UGA dog, but he has been around a long, long time. GOP dog is uh, he, he's a right. Uh, folks asking about the link. Uh, we never did, but you guys suck. <laughs> All they want is the link to watch the show, and we never put it in there. This guy. All right, so I'll take care of that because you guys can't do a simple job. Uh, there was a question here from uh, Eddie from Ackworth. Um, who hosts our Sunday show? Won't there be transfers? No one's thinking about from Washington, Texas, Bama, and Michigan after their games end. Yes, and here's the thing: I think a lot of people were really upset with the whole uh, all the, the Georgia guys that went in. And remember, you can put you can go. There's 15 guys. 12 of those guys are not going to play at Georgia. Okay, I mean, how many did you lose from the two deep? Three. So don't worry about 12 guys. You made room for better players or guys that weren't going to play. So, uh, but a lot of people were freaking out. Alabama has only lost two. Well, yeah, they're in the playoff run. Georgia didn't lose anybody till after they won the first championship. The day back, Jed was in the car with me. What did we do, Jed? Roddy uh, put out a list. Guys, what, it was three categories. We think are entering, could enter, and guys to watch. Or yeah, something. Like, something. Here's the ones we expect to. Here's the ones that could. And here's the ones that are possibilities. Where did we do it? In the middle of the scenic drive from Indianapolis back to Athens. <laughs> We pulled over on the side of the road and rode it up because they had everyone else had had guys jump in the portal. Georgia hadn't, and the day after the thing, they they all started going. And I'm like, oh man, I I thought we'd have a little time to put that list together, at least be able to drive home. Now we had to stop at a gas station, you know, while while Jeb was out smoking, I was uh, busily typing away on my phone. I was waking up from a nap. I remember this because I woke That's up. True, and Jack, like, you did work all night. <laughs> where the hell are we? <laughs> <laughs> This is this is in Athens. What the yeah, yeah, good times, fun, fun stuff. But again, uh, so and it, it's not. There are more names that could go in. We talked about Michael Williams. He might put his name in there. Julian Humphreys. He might put his name in there. Be a guy you don't know, you're not expecting, put his name in there. But each one that opens up, that that's a spot. You know, uh, a couple other guys. There's, I mean, there's some guys on the team that I fully expect to put their names in there that haven't yet, and they might later on. So don't. I mean, it's – remember, how many new guys are on the basketball team this year? Uh, 
12. I thought it was 10. They kept they kept four or five from last year. Yeah, so he kept four. Look where basketball is now. And that's not uncommon for basketball. This is the new normal for, for football across the every team's gonna lose 15, 20 players. I just I just think that's the way it's gonna be from now on. Until until things change. So don't uh, and for Georgia, you gotta like Georgia's chances of having 15, 20 guys go into the portal. Versus if you're Cincinnati, Louisville, you know, uh, in any, you know, these uh, tier two teams, the rich are going to get richer, the poor are going to get poor. That's just, it's human nature. And Georgia is getting better and better on NIL right now. They're the number five team in NIL, from what I understand. But there are some teams teams that, they've been yeah. like a, a, an affiliate to the major league teams. I mean, they just. Yeah. All their good players. He's going to Colorado. He's going to uh, LSU. Uh, yeah, you get a kid, a kid like uh, London Humphreys, great receiver. You know, freshman All American. He was in the portal the day the minute it opened. Looking at Georgia, uh, might wind up there. It's like, yeah. hey, if you're good, let me go to the bigger teams. All three of their starting wide receivers left. Yeah. Hey, if you think about it, if you're a Group Five coach. And you get a good cornerback, good quarterback, good running back, good defensive end. He's going to jump to P five. So, what was the best strength on your team is now a glaring emptiness. You almost got to, you almost got to like hold them back throughout the year. <laughs> yeah. Let's yeah. hold your stats back. Stop throwing to Smith. We we don't need him to be a seven hundred yard receiver. We need him to be about a four fifty yard receiver. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, a lot of people have been talking about Xavier McLeod. What what are you guys hearing on him? Yeah, he visited uh, also weekend last weekend. Um, you know, Georgia recruited him hard out of high school. He's close with Jamal Jarrett. Spent a lot of time with him on his official visit. Um, he was at South Carolina, left the team, was kicked off the team. Don't know exactly what the story is there. Um, in talking with them, he he seems like Roddy. You were talking about Georgia selling development to these guys. Xavier, and this is just how I took it. Sounded like a guy who was like, okay. I've had my first year of college out of the way. Now it's time to get serious about this whole development thing. And obviously that's a message that uh, Georgia sells well, especially on the defensive line. So, um, you know, he, he told me again, after he visited, he didn't have any more visits set up. He was trying to finish out the semester at South Carolina. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how or, or where he, he might uh, pop up in the next week or two. Um, but like you said, Rowdy, if he wants to go to an SEC school on uh, Georgia, it's got to be in the next what two weeks or whatever till uh, two and a half weeks till the portal before the portal window closes. So, um, yeah, I think Georgia's got a good shot of of getting McLeod. He's more that three tech, I think, which is kind of what Zion Logue played a lot. Um, so, yeah, Georgia's got a good shot at him for sure. And he's a guy Georgia played against, and a guy Georgia recruited out of high school to kind of check boxes. Kirby Smart looks for in these portal guys. All right, we'll finish this last one up with the signal newsletter. Can get get back to the question of which guys might flip to Georgia? I mean, there's only it one that be something. I mean, it would be it would be a surprise right now. I mean, it's just it would be from well off the radar because Roddy, you mentioned KJ Bolden as as an obvious like candidate. I would be shocked if he ends up in Georgia. Personally, I could very well see him flipping Auburn. I mean, they're uh, still working on him. There's no question. Yeah, absolutely. They they wouldn't. I know the people. I know the people involved in it, and they said, just, "Yeah, we're still recruiting, but we're so far behind." Other than that, I mean, there's not. 
off the top of my head. I mean, maybe Dante Williams works some magic with a USC guy, maybe. Um, I, I just I don't know. There's not a lot of like I said, it would be one that's that's pretty from from pretty far back in the pack if somebody ends up flipping to Georgia on Wednesday right now. It it would be far back in the pack and it'd probably be a cornerback the way Kirby. Yeah. About things. Yeah. So. Yeah. Cornerback or safety, safety for sure. Can I find a safety out there? Any safety. <laughs> Can you fog a mirror and play safety? Come on in. Kirby, Kirby will coach you up, and if it doesn't work out, it's always a portal. All right, folks, we're going to break there. We went a little long because we had a lot of stuff to talk about, but, again, it is the uh, last show before signing day. Uh, signing day is in uh, 48 hours. Well, actually less than that. Uh, we'll go through tomorrow. A lot of great stuff on UJSports.com. We had a war room this morning that the guys put together. A lot of great recruiting nuggets on there. We kind of showed you – we, we started off the show giving you some of the stuff that's in the war room. So we gave you the uh, premium stuff right off the bat. So if you if you tuned in midway through, go back and watch the show from the beginning. We put part of the war room on the screen for you. You can see some stuff that you wouldn't see otherwise. Uh, we've got updates. I know there's a great uh, coach's corner about Ryan Puglisi. Lance got a hold of his coach, and he had some great things to say about him. Um, we also have – we're breaking down each position. Jed has like, hey, how's the quarterback room look? How's the running back rooms look, you know, with, with the incoming class. So it's like, uh, I can't wait to do the offensive line room with like six different guys in there. Uh, look at Jets breakdown on it. And if you go on the vault, uh, Trent's got a lot of uh, nuggets over there. That's a great place to keep up with the information. There's a million things going on right now. You, There's no way if you're just trying to read Twitter that you're going to be able to keep up with it. So check out ujsports.com. Go to the vault. There's the dog vent, which is where we talk all the football stuff. We broke the news about Carson Beck two weeks ago. We broke the news about Lad McConkey, Brock Powers, all this stuff. Um, people asking who's going to play in the bowl game. We've been dropping uh, as soon as we find out. We put them up there. Um, so a lot of stuff on the the dog vent. And then there's the vault, which is just for Georgia recruiting. That's all we talk about over there. No politics, no uh, hotel recommendations, no food recommendations, no recipes, no bourbon talk. It's just recruiting on the vault. And these three guys run that thing left and right. So – Check out the vault at ugasports.com for the latest, and we'll see you next week as we recap. Maybe, maybe there's some crazy things that happen on signing day. Uh, we'll talk about it. Uh, well, well, let me be sure. What? Let me look at the map. There. No, we won't. Next next Monday is Christmas. I'll say it's Christmas. Oh, so we'll have the Christmas edition of rumors. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, here's what we might do. I think we could do uh, one. This Wednesday night, or this Wednesday at 6 o'clock, we'll have Jed on with Coach Donnan, and we will do a signing day recap Wednesday at 6. So we'll take next week off because uh, uh, Monday's the 25th, and then the following week is all bowl prep. And Jed and Lance will be down there at, in uh, Miami to cover the team. So, um, yeah, well, if you want to talk more recruiting, check uh, either ask us a question on the vault or check with us Wednesday at 6 o'clock with Coach Donnan and Jed May. And with that, we will see you guys later. Y'all take care.